You know, I'm going to tell you a little story way back, and I'm going to be pretty brief in this message too, but this is a story that happened over 35 years ago. I was dating a girl named Karen, and I, you know, we were getting pretty serious. I think I might have thought we were more serious than we really were because her birthday was coming, and we're at Liberty University, and I'm in the guys' dorm, and she's in the girls' dorm, and guys can't go in girls, and girls can't go into the guys' dorm. So I thought, what am I going to do for her on her birthday? And I got the most brilliant idea that I truly was convinced was from God himself. I said, I will wrap myself from head to toe in gift wrap, put a bow on my head and a card to my, uh, to my forehead, and I will present myself to her. What could be a better gift? So I toddled, my roommate wrapped me, I toddled all the way down the stairs of my dorm, all the way over to her dorm, her friends called her down, and she had to unwrap me to get the gift, which was me. Brilliant, isn't it? No, I'm not even kidding you. She broke up with me in two weeks. <laughs> and you know what? To this day, I know why. She did not like the gift wrapping paper I used. <laughs> that had to be it. Because that is the way that God gifts, right? It dawned on me years later. Yes, God did something similarly. Okay, a whole lot better. But he did something similarly. He gave the greatest gift. Listen to the, how, how the Apostle Paul says it in the New Testament. Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. The New Living Translation puts it this way. Thank God for his gift, this gift, too wonderful for words. This is an amazing gift. And listen, how did he give us his gift? He wrapped the gift in humanity. The gift was a person. Do you know what the nature of the gift is? And I'm going to ask you, do you know how to receive it? Now, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Whether you've been at church your entire life or the last 10 years or somebody dragged you to church today for this Christmas Eve service, that's fine. Or even if you're online watching this, I want you to imagine, just imagine with me that what you're about to hear, this verse of scripture, you're hearing for the first time. Can you imagine that? Here it is. I'm going to show you what the gift is and how to receive it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That's who the gift is. He gave that gift that whoever believes in him, here's how you receive it, should not perish but have eternal life. So the gift that is inexpressible, the gift that is too wonderful for words, listen, you got to imagine for the first time you're hearing this, the gift is a person. The gift is the Son of God. His name is Jesus. Now, when you're a Christian for a while, you get rust on your faith. You just do. You got to flake it off. Imagine for the first time you're hearing this. And the way to receive this inexpressible gift is to believe in him. And if you do, you will have eternal life. All right, well, somebody might offer you an incredible gift. Maybe not a Lexus with a bow on it, but an incredible gift. But if it's going to be yours, right, you have to receive it. 
It doesn't matter how incredible it is. If you don't receive it, it's not going to be yours. You have to receive God's gift of his son. And the only way you do it, look what the verse says. You've got to believe in him. Now, you might leave here tonight, and someone might ask you, maybe even God himself might ask you down deep in your heart, have you received the inexpressible gift of God that is too wonderful for words? Have you received Jesus Christ by believing in him? Somebody might ask you that. And you might say back to them these words, and I hear it all the time. Well, of course I believe in Jesus. I just heard it this last week from a person that's not a believer. I believe that Jesus was a historical figure. I believe that a guy named Jesus lived, and I even believe that he was a good man. But you know what? I got to tell you something. That's not the kind of believing that the Bible says you must have in order to receive the gift of Jesus and have eternal life. See, that's an agreement to a truth claim. But saving faith is a lot more beautiful. Now listen, I'm gonna give you two ways to understand it. One way is this. It might be, and I wonder if any of you ever did this. It might be one thing, or it is one thing, to say to somebody that you meet for the first time, oh my goodness, that person's amazing. I'm gonna marry that person one day. That's one thing. It's a whole nother thing to put a ring on that person's finger or allow somebody to put a ring on your finger and go to the altar. You see, one's a truth claim. One's something you hope for and one's something you might think is going to happen. The other one, you're putting the words into action. You're trusting this. Here's another way to understand it. You might say at a car lot, that's a really nice car. I'm going to buy it and just be a tire kicker and leave. It's a whole other thing to sign the paperwork. Do you understand what I'm saying? You see, saving faith, belief, that's this kind of belief, is a commitment. You trust. You rest your hopes on it. And you rest your hope, all of it, on the eternal claim that Jesus Christ came, born as a baby who would one day die on a cross to pay for your sins. Now, you might be thinking, All right, what exactly is sin? I mean, man, pastors use that word all the time. I had the most horrific thing happen to me yesterday. I'm not even exaggerating when I tell you that in 28 years of ministry, this was nearly the worst thing that's ever happened to to me in my ministry. I went to the hospital, and I was visiting somebody. He's not a believer. This is the second time I've, I've been to him. He, he's admitting he's not a believer. And I'm sitting there in the wheelchair. That was the only chair in the room. I'm sitting in the wheelchair. He's laying in his bed. He cannot walk right now. He cannot get out of bed. So he's got everything really close to him. And those little tables that you could go up and down with that are in hospitals, he's got it right next to his right upper body. And I'm uncomfortable in that wheelchair. So I shifted one leg over the other and my foot hit the table and his urine bottle. I know, right? His urine bottle fell off the table and landed on his pillow next to his head. And the cap was off. I'm not kidding. I kept thinking the whole time, why doesn't he put the cap back on that thing? And then I hit it and drop it onto his pillow. Thank Jesus. It was empty. (laughs) But I used it. 
Well, I didn't actually use it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let me finish that. I applied what happened to try to explain to him what sin is. And I said to him, what if that was full? And what if that landed on your pillow and splashed all over your body? I said, I could tell you one thing, I'm not giving you a hug when I leave. Because now you're contaminated, now you're defiled. Listen, that's what sin does. It defiles us. And we've all done it. I've never met anybody that's ever said I've never sinned. Never. It defiles us and we serve, we have a creator God that's never sinned. He is what the Bible calls holy, meaning he's pure, he's undefiled. And he won't hug a defiled person. That's just the way God is. So something has to make us pure. Someone has to remove our sin. Do you believe? Now, friends, listen, imagine you're listening to this for the first time. Forget that you're in America. Forget that you hear this all the time. It doesn't matter if you've been in church all your life. Just listen for the first time. Do you really believe that Jesus is the inexpressible gift given to you by his Father it's a gift too wonderful for words. He's holding the gift out to you, but the only way you can receive it is to believe, is to pin your hopes to it, is to trust all of your soul to it. Yes, I believe this baby would grow up and he would die on a hideous cross. He had to. That was the only way to remove my sin, to make me pure. Do you believe that? All right, now I'm almost done. For some of you who go to our church a lot, this is a ridiculously short sermon that I give. I'm almost done. Now, I want you to imagine, God the Father has a gift, and it says on the tag on that gift, from God, and then it says to you. Now, that gift is there. Have you ever reached out and received it? Have you ever believed? Or do you just agree that there was a guy named Jesus that lived? That will not give you eternal life. Tonight is the night that maybe you reach out and take the gift and bring it back so that it can be yours. And when you open it, you're going to find Jesus. And that Jesus that is a gift that is too wonderful for words is going to save your life for eternity. And the way he's going to do it is by having 2,000 years ago climbed up on that cross and died in your place and in my place. You know, I watched as I closed the movie, The Polar Express, again. I've seen it so many times. Honestly, there's something about that movie that always kind of freaks me out a little bit, to be honest with you. But you know what? My son wanted me to watch it, and I said, okay, I'll watch it again. And this time, I really, really listened to the words. And here is one line that popped out more significantly than I ever remember. You'll probably remember it if you've, if you've seen the movie. Seeing is believing, the conductor says to the hero boy who has no name. Seeing is believing. But sometimes the most real things in the world are the things we can't see. Friends, that's faith. That's believing. 
Yes, it's one thing to say, yeah, I see you here, and I've met you, and I've shaken your hand or given you a hug. Yeah, you were here. It's a truth claim. I can verify it. I believe it. But it's another thing to never having held Jesus, but yet entrust your life to him, believing that he's the inexpressible gift that the Father gave to you with your name on it so that you could be saved and have eternal life. Have you reached out and received it by faith?